Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. There is such a wonderful vibe, and there's so many stories being shared. I'm going to try to be brief this morning, but I've spent two weeks thinking about what do you say to a congregation that's celebrating 260 years, and thinking about just the contribution that I can make at this particular mile marker in your faith. And I invited you to recall your stories at the beginning of the service, because I want to set them alongside a claim of faith. And so as I was, I was praying through this, to be like, God, what is it you want to say to me? Like the same thing kept coming back, and it has everything to do with Faith Renewal Sunday. And I'm going to ask you to let me be a troll for a second. Is that all right? Like, you let me be a troll? Here's what I want to do, and I want to troll you with a theological claim. Faith actually cannot be renewed. We talk about Faith Renewal Sunday, and that's not possible. Now, some of you are looking at me going, what in the world is he talking about? Hold on. Faith cannot be renewed. And here's why I believe this. Because it was the Apostle Jude who I think said it most clearly when he talks about the faith once delivered to all the saints. Jude is suggesting not that we just sort of get this little tiny thing and we have to make it grow. He's like, We've already, you already have it. You have all that you need to be all that God is calling you to be. Romans chapter 8 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Paul seems to suggest that whatever faith is, you either have it or you don't. You've got everything you need. Ephesians chapter 1, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. You've got the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And throughout Scripture, and there's no particular verse, but if you think about it, it's not this thing that grows. It's this thing we have. We either do or we don't. Now, some of you might say, well, what about that verse about eagle's wings and he will renew you? Good effort. But the verse says the Lord shall renew their strength, not their faith. Strength goes up and down. Faith is forever. Some of you might say, well, what about that little mustard seed story, huh? That's a Jesus thing. Jesus talked about, remember, the faith the size of a mustard seed? Also a good try, really. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you who, thought, who that came into your mind. But the mustard seed story is actually, proves my point more than yours, because the mustard seed story is an illustration of the absurdity of gauging faith by the size that we have or how much we have. It's like, that, that, that's a silly question. We don't have more or less. We just have faith. Scripture time and time again speaks about faith not as something to gain or to lose, but it's rather an entire that we have or know. As Paul says, the good deposit that each of us have. But even deeper, if I'm going to make this argument, I want to appeal to your stories of faith. Because I bet your experience, your heart, speaks to this truth as well. Because I want you to think about a time that your faith felt like it grew. It felt like it blossomed. Somebody said something to you. You discovered something. You read something. Something happened in prayer. I wonder if it wasn't so much for you that someone gave, some, gave you something or something came from the outside so much as something was revealed inside of you that you didn't know was there. My stories have always been that. When somebody, when somebody opened up an idea of faith, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And it felt like it was coming up out of my heart. When people were saying that there are some things in the world of faith that are bad or struggles or challenges that you've had, there was a sense in me that like, yeah, you know what? I kind of always knew that. I just didn't have the language for it. It's like, it's, it's like something was burst open inside of me, not that something had come from outside of me. Whatever God might be renewing on Faith Renewal Sunday... It is only God calling forth what he has already put there. Stuff that we know, stuff that we've forgotten, stuff we didn't even know is inside of our souls. We're not won over by a theological argument. It's our own hearts witnessing to the beauty that already resides in us. Which brings us to today. Over the last two and a half years and today, as Doug so wonderfully shared, and as you will share amongst one another, in the moments to come, I've heard the stories of this congregation, and let's put it briefly, this congregation has seen some stuff. 
the faith we practice, because of all this stuff we see, might seem to be very different. I mean, when you walk through the conference room later today, at the very least, we don't dress the way they dressed, if nothing else. We certainly don't speak the same language that our forebears. A lot has changed. And yet, for all the eras, for all the challenges, and for all the changes that have come, here's where this theological claim matters. It's all one faith, a good deposit that was put there 260 years ago and remains in us. When we were dipped in the waters of baptism, the entirety of faith of Jesus Christ was put into our ancestors and has been put into us and remains in us. Which is why Jesus so often says, fear not. Yes, you'll go through seasons of up and down, but not your faith. That's you, and it's okay that we go through those things. But no, we've simply stepped into a river of faith that started way before us and is going to exist way after us. Faith flows to us, and then faith flows from us. As Jesus said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Folks, that living water is coming from you. Not just the people with big faith, but people with faith. And today is a day to celebrate these stories, the stories of this congregation and the story that is your own faith. You have a place in this story. And so the issue of faith then is not to figure out how we grow faith, but rather merely how we reveal it. You see how that is so much easier when we go through times of difficulty. We don't have to grow our faith. We're not responsible for working this, making it happen. No. All, we're, all we are called to do is to be faithful so that faith can be revealed in us. Our faith is revelation, not achievement. It's in there. But for so many of us, all of us, often it's covered over by so many competing voices and vices and perspectives and things we do that just aren't good for us. It, our faith can be layered over, but it is still there. We can't work our way out. We have to have our Lord who calls these things forth from us. We as a church and you as members of it must go to the places where we, re where we connect deeply with the voice of God. It's the great Catholic writer Henry Nouwen who said, the farther the outward journey takes you, the deeper the inward journey must be. I need to get this tattooed somewhere. The farther the outward journey takes you, the deeper the inward journey must be. Which means the only way we discover the faith that Jesus has put here and still maintaining here, and discover how we are called forward into newness, is through the work of contemplation and through the work of prayer. A church not formed in prayer can do a lot of good work in the world, but it will eventually stagnate regardless of resources, regardless of attendance, regardless of personalities, because that's not where our power lies. Our power doesn't lie in what we're able to do. Our power lies in the faith that has been deposited here. But, and when we are formed in prayer, oriented not towards an experience or a membership or whatever, when we are formed in prayer and seeking the Holy Spirit in our lives, there is no limit to what God may choose to do inside of us. And what we need is already here. The Holy Spirit has a way of coming in and cracking open our life and our faith and our communal life together in new ways. And this is why the first psalm, the first prayer in the church's prayer book says that the goal is to be like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And there's this wonderful promise, whatever they do prospers. Doesn't mean everything goes well, but there's a prospering that happens. When we give our heart and mind to discover what God has already put here, and, what, and when we put our hearts and minds to discovering what God has put here as a community of faith, we find ourselves rooted and stabilized for the deep and impactful life that we all hope bursts forth from the church, right? In that sense, when we are rooted and stabilized, we know that we can do what God is calling us to do, which may require change because we know we're rooted in an ancient faith that we already have. And so in that sense, each generation then is free to make the faith their own, bringing out, as Jesus says elsewhere, treasures both old and new, each generation receiving gratefully from the past and free to ask what faith may demand of us in the season to come. And this is why Jesus, before he leaves, reminds the apostles, says the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. There is stuff still to come forth. I wonder about that. If that scripture still matters for us, 
if we still believe the Holy Spirit has something to teach us, what truth are we and you yet still to discover? Of course you can't know that, but it's a good question of faith to ask. What hasn't burst forth out of your heart that still needs to come out? I think that's a beautiful thought. You'll often hear me say, we are not yet what we shall be. And that inspires me day by day. With roots firmly planted in ancient faith that was laid down in others and is now laid down in you, we can pursue a life of faith in the kingdom of God with courage and and conviction and with boldness. You don't have to be afraid. You just go do it. It's going to be an adventure for sure. We've already outlined the adventures that this congregation has been through, and nobody needs to remind us of the adventures that the global church is going through right now. Uncertainty, failure, disappointment, all lie in front of us as much as prospering lies in front of us. This is why, after he said, the Holy Spirit's going to take you places, this is why Jesus said, and gives us this image of a mother giving birth. Yes, when she's giving birth, there is pain because her time has come. When her baby is born, boy, you know what? Nobody quite remembers the pain. Nobody quite remembers because of the joy that a child has brought into the world. Jesus says, so it is with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. So friends, let me be abundantly clear. I believe for as much a challenge as this season has been, I believe that something is still yet to be born not just in us, but across the world. And if you wonder about us, just kind of look around for a minute and see who showed up this morning. There is like a whole vibe here today, and it is beautiful and wonderful. And consider what might lie in front of us. Consider it this way. I was thinking about your ancestors, my ancestors, our German ancestors. Consider if they could have seen in 1762 what we are today and how I would say approximately a third of the congregation that gathers with us today isn't even in the building. If we had said that to them in 1762, they'd be like, that's literally not possible. How in the world would that happen? If our ancestors saw what we are today and how ministry goes down here today, they would not be able to conceive it. They could not imagine the world we live in, the way faith informs the world, the challenges we face, and yes, the stories that we tell. And so my question to us is, well, what if we are those ancestors? What if we can't imagine what it's going to look like? Goodness, in 10 years, the way the world moves, let alone the next 260. And it's okay that we don't know that. We simply need to pursue what God is calling us to pursue. All Jesus says is ask, and you shall receive. Not the minute temporary stuff. He says the big stuff, becoming what we're called to be, doing the work we exist to do, seeking thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And so may our prayer, if we're going to be rooted in this faith, which is in prayer and word and sacrament and all the ways we do that, if we are going to do that work, then our prayer needs to sound a little different, I would say. Our prayer needs to come out with, like, dear Lord, please help us. Help us have a great year. You know, we hope, everything, we hope everybody's good. No, no, no. I want the prayer to sound a little more like what Isaiah says. Isaiah comes out and says, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. That the mountains would quake at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen you. Who works for those who wait for him. That's the prayer I want to pray. Lord, tear it open so that something happens in this world. And it's Paul who picks up that very verse later when he says, No eye has seen, no ear heard, no human heart has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. No one knows what God has prepared for any of us. 260 years later and we still don't know. And that's beautiful. The questions we face now are questions of faith, mystery, trial, yes, and wonder. But with the intensity and conviction and courage of our forebears, who also could not see ahead. They couldn't even see across an ocean, let alone what the future would hold. But with that intensity and with that conviction, let us seek God's wisdom for our own moment. Because the same spirit that was in them, on that boat, coming across and landing in Philadelphia, is the same spirit that lies in us. And is that same spirit which will send us into the future, that will tear the heavens open, and will see things that we cannot yet conceive. Friends, faith cannot be renewed. We already have it. We are simply called to step into our, into our future with courage and live it.
so I invite you to stand as we reflect on our stories and on what God has done for us and what God is calling forth from us. So we sing that great hymn of conviction and that great hymn of, of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, great hymn of conviction, hymn number 601, I am thine, O Lord, out of the blue chalice hymnal. Please stand. Thank you. Please be seated. And so on this Faith Renewal Sunday, it felt appropriate to perhaps offer a blessing. I suspect that as we heard, I, I would hope that someone here, someone online, someone somewhere, as we were saying, you know what, it's already all there, that something sort of fluttered in you. Like, you know what, yeah, maybe. You felt something like, you know what, that might be a place for me. God might be calling me out in this way. God might be calling me forward in this way. I'm hopeful that the Spirit is still moving and living and active. That's my faith conviction, that something is still yet to burst forth from here. And so as part of our pastoral prayer, I'd simply like to pray that for us as we enter this season. Yes, it's fall as we enter, anticipate fall and winter, but also whatever it is the future that God has for us for the next year, five years, ten years, 260 years. So if you'd allow me to pray a blessing over you, and then we'll pray through our request for the day. Our Lord and our God, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And you love your children so much that you have already given us every good and perfect gift. You have put the faith of Jesus Christ, death, resurrection, and ascension into our hearts 
And you continue to call us forward into a future of faith to discover more of who you've made us to be. To, un, to reveal things in us we didn't even know were there. To be surprised even at ourselves. You call us forward as a congregation to do greater and more work in the world. To see the kingdom of Christ breaking through in places we did not expect. And we say thank you for the stories of 260 years where we have seen that work happen. We have seen through our hands, our feet, our mouths, you have done your good work in the world. And we want in on that as well. And Lord, we pray for the church globally as it struggles, as it seeks a message in a time of great unrest. But we yet still believe that there is something good yet to come from your people. That something no no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor human imagination envisioned. And so Lord, for us who gather here in this place and who felt that little flutter, that little twinge of the Holy Spirit calling us forth, Lord, we pray that that seed which contains all the goodness of the gospel already, would grow into the plant, to the beautiful, beautiful faith that you have called it to become. Bless each and every member of St. Mary's. And allow us to become the children of God you have called us to become. And bless the work that we do, that those who yet don't know the kingdom of God might come to know their place in it. And that we get a little part in bringing about the kingdom of God in this place. Bless your people, O God, in our prayer, in our work, in our listening to the word, that we might do your work in this place and become all you have called us to be. This we ask in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And because of this faith, we can pray in faith and... uh, had a chance to talk to a couple of you this week, and uh, yes, I'm coming my first day back from a week of vacation, and yet there was a lot went down <laughs> over the course of the last week, and it's been a heavy week for us, but we do our work well as we pray, so if you'll allow me to update you on the prayer requests that have found their way to our list. Um, first of all, we invite the congregation to be in prayer for Grace and Lyons. Um, many of you, I'm sure, have heard the story by now, but Grayson um, passed out in the middle of his football game at Winter's Mill and needed to be revived. Um, and he's wrestling with some heart conditions, and so he is doing well. Um, my understanding is he wanted to go to the football game yesterday, and then said, well, maybe we'll wait on that, which is wise. I applaud the young man for wanting to be with his teammates, um, but please be in prayer for Grayson as he continues to recover, and as he discerns uh, his, his future and what, the, what these heart conditions mean for him. We invite you to be in prayer. Uh, To put back on the list, uh, our friend Drusilla Short. Um, Drusilla is going back through some cancer tests. Um, We've prayed her through some cancer. There's some concerning marks now, and so she's headed back for some tests, and so we continue to pray for her. Furthermore, um, this another just heavy on the congregation. Many of you, again, probably already know, but uh, our brother Michael Matthias. Um, Mike was out working, um, didn't feel so good. Long story short, Sandy got him to the hospital and realized that he had an aortic tear. Um, and so Michael has been in, um, in intensive care and in intensive surgery um, for the better part of a week. Spoke to Sandy this morning. Michael is doing significantly better, um, but there's still a very long road ahead. And so please be in prayer for Michael, for Sandy and for Maddie, for Steve and for Linda, and for all who call him our brother and our friend. And we're very grateful for the congregation's prayers. And please continue to pray as there are, it's not just weeks of recovery. We're looking at months, and, uh, and we certainly hold him in our prayers. And then finally, I ask you to pray uh, for our friend, Georgia Rittemeyer. I don't see Georgia here this morning, but her partner, Diane DeFazio, um, has been going through some blood tests and has been diagnosed with leukemia. But she said, it's the good kind of leukemia, and she texted me smiley faces. It's the first time I've ever gotten leukemia texts with smiley faces. But she said, there is a path forward. And so obviously, that's a difficult thing to hear. But nevertheless, um, there is a way forward for her. So please be in prayer for Diane as well. And so let us pray for our needs. Father, with whatever faith we have inside of us, and we've heard this message, we offer up our prayer request for the day. We say thank you for the opportunity to pray and for the great privilege it is to hold our brothers and sisters in prayer and to present them before the throne of grace. And so today, oh God, we pray for our brother Grayson Lyons as he he had to be revived and and is recovering now from a variety of heart conditions. And we thank you for those who saved his life. We thank you for those who have cared for him. We pray that you would be with grace and embody soul and spirit as he recovers from this terrible incident, 
but it nevertheless becomes an inspiring story. In the same way, we pray for our sister Drusilla Short as she anticipates cancer tests, Lord, and the anxiety of hearing that word cancer yet again, and we commit her to your care. We pray for our brother Michael Matthias, Lord, in this just awful situation, um, this thing he has had to endure, Lord, with his heart and with his aorta. And we thank you for the urgency and care that he has received every step along the way. We pray for him as he recovers even now. We pray for him in the days ahead. We commit him into your sure and certain hands as we commit his family whom we love. And Lord, we pray for our friend Diane DeFazio as she is battling leukemia, Lord. And we thank you for the hope already of a path forward as they battle this disease. But please, Lord, would you be with Diane and bring her through to full health. Lord, these are our requests that we have written. We also hear the requests that we offer up silently. All these things we ask, O oh God, not because we believe so much our own power, but rather we trust your word that says you hear us when we pray. The idea that we have the ear, the king of the universe, Lord, moves us to prayer, and so we pray. We leave these requests in your strong and certain hands. Amen. And together as we walk in the way of our Savior, let us pray in the words that our Savior taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We invite you to sing together responsive chorus. At this time, we call forward the gifts, the offerings that you all have offered. We say thank you to everyone who has given of those offerings. We simply do what those before us have done, saying, look, this is what I have. We combine it with everybody else, and like Jesus breaks the loaves and fishes, so he multiplies our work for good in the world. And so we ask that you would help us in blessing these offerings as together we sing. Let us pray. Loving and merciful God, throughout the generations, you have taken your people's gifts and multiplied them to abundance. Today, having celebrated the gifts we've received, we pray you would also accept the gifts we bring. We pray that you would see our heart of love and sacrifice and that you would equip our hands for greater work in our community and world, that all might find their place in the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you all. Please be seated.
and allow me to be the first to say it. Yeah, I know we're at an hour. But we're going re- to receive these gifts, the Holy Spirit, nevertheless. They say we are what we eat. And when we take this in, it's not so much we get something new. Again, so much as it is fertilizer for that which is already there and invites us to growth and to life. It simply feeds what God has already made us to be. And that is why this is the most beautiful table ever. And our ancestors have been gathering around it for 260 years. We gathered around it a month ago, and we do so again today, seeking God's presence, not just in the world, but in us. And so, friends, I invite you to join with me as together we bless these elements and ready ourselves to receive this Holy Supper. My friends, God is with us. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you are creative and self-giving, generously moving, giver and restorer of life. In all the near and distant corners of the universe, nothing exists that does not find its source in you. Even when we turn away from you, you remain with us. Your presence never fails us. In baptism, you have placed the Holy Spirit within us and called us to love and serve you as we discover abundant life. Your gifts of hope and new life transform us. We praise you for Jesus Christ, eternal as your love, our bond with one another. And we rejoice with all your peoples of every time and place and with angels and archangels to proclaim the glory of your name as we sing together. It is Jesus, God incarnate, the risen Christ, who joins us together as a community of broken but hopeful believers, loving what he loved, living what he taught, and striving to be his faithful servants in our time and place. In this meal, we remember Jesus, his promises, and the price he paid for who he was, what he said, and what he did. And so on the night in which our Savior was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke that bread and he gave it to his apostles. And he said to them, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, our Lord Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And in the sharing of this meal, we live out the mystery of our faith. Christ's death we proclaim. Christ's resurrection we declare. Christ's coming we await. Glory be to you, O God. Holy God, we call on you to transform these familiar things as you continually transform the world around us. Bless this bread and this cup, the wheat and the grape, the farmer and the harvest, the seed and the sower, so that in the sharing of these simple elements in community, we may taste and see your goodness that we might capture a glimpse of what it means to be in communion with you and with one another. Through Christ, in Christ, and with Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory is yours, God most holy, now and forever. My friends, this bread which we break is for us the communion of the body of Christ. And this cup of blessing which we bless is for us the communion of the blood of Christ. And so let us bless one another as we prepare to come and receive these elements. My friends, this is the table of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love God and for those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and all of us who have failed. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come. 
not because you must, but because you are invited by Christ to be known and fed here. Amen. Come not because you must, but because you are invited by Christ to be known and fed here. So this morning we're going to be receiving by coming forward, um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll invite our online viewers uh, to receive after we've all come forward and received. And so as, as we've been doing, we invite you to make a single line down the aisle, come and receive the bread, go out to either side to receive either wine or grape juice, whatever your tradition. The baskets are on the front pew, and then return to your seats via the side aisle. We invite our elders to come who will be helping today and as we receive this meal together.
invite those who are at home joining with us virtually. I invite you to join in this feast as well, to take the bread, take wine and grape juice, whatever you've got around you, and to simply allow them to go into you and feel them go all the way down. The body and blood of Christ shed for you. And so, friends, let us pray for these great gifts, gifts that are ancient and gifts that are for today, this gift of the Holy Spirit that is with us as we go from here into our week and into the future that lies ahead. Let us pray. Thank you, O Christ, for this feast of life. Having tasted and seen your goodness, we are sent forth into this world to live into the vision God laid on our hearts. We are now commissioned to feed as we have been fed, forgive as we have been forgiven, love as we have been loved. Thanks be to God. Amen. We invite you to stand as we prepare to depart, singing hymn number 464, God of Grace and God of Glory. And now, friends, in the words of Paul, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we think or imagine, according to his power that has at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you very much. Please be seated. Just a handful of quick announcements. I'm going to ask Jane to take a spot at the other mic. If you could announce the, what's going on in the conference room. Doug told me he wanted you to do it, so you can blame Doug. <laughs> I have just three brief announcements. I know it's been a long morning, but thank you all so much for just what is a really special and emotional day. Night at 7.30, <laughs> if you'd like to join there. No, please uh, take time this morning to look into the display case in the vestry and also in the conference room. Doug and I have put together a display of, um, briefly, of 260 years of the church's history. And so if you have a chance to please take a walk in the room, there isn't a whole lot of things, but we'll be glad. Doug and I will both be there if you have any questions or if you can offer us some help on some of the questions we have. So. Very good. Thank you. And three quick announcements. First of all, I want to honor the gifts that have been given today. The first being that the altar flowers are given to the glory of God and in loving memory of Roy Smith, who passed away one year ago yesterday, given by his wife, Carla, and family. And Carla, we love you. It's wonderful to see you today. And we mourn with you even as we celebrate his life alongside of you. Thank you for allowing us to do that with you today. And then also today, our tech sponsorship is in memory of Tony Costello and William Irwin by Bob and Belinda Finn, and we honor their memories as well. Thank you very much. And then finally, um, just, and this occurred to me because I got my own little picture now, and, you know, I get to be out in the case, but I felt it was appropriate that we say I'm not the only one whose picture is in the case that is here today, and it's my privilege to welcome back uh, Pastor Dick Scott. And, Dick, it is wonderful to see you after the story that you have been through this summer. And so, Dick and Molly, it really uh, warms our hearts to see you. And so, thank you so much for blessing us this day and our continued prayers for your continued recovery. So, friends, thank you all so much, again, for a long day, but for a beautiful day. May you go in peace to serve and love the Lord, and may, in the doing so, may you find peace and good. Maddie.